Welcome to the Outpost Podcast. We're currently in a series focused on God's hospitality to us and through us. Our hope is that you're challenged and encouraged in your walk as a disciple of Jesus. Enjoy. Yeah, so as um, Christy mentioned, I'm continuing on our series in hospitality and I'm coming at it from um, the point of view of how we have been brought into God's family and what that means for us and what it means for others. So I wanted to read from my wife's purple Bible, the Passion Translation, um, in Ephesians. So just yeah, position yourselves to um, best receive these next few verses. So it's Ephesians 1, verses 3 to 7. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus, all because he sees us wrapped into Christ. And this is why we celebrate him with all our hearts. And he chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself even before he laid the foundation of the universe. Because of his great love, he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. For it is always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children through our union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace. For the same love that he has for his beloved one, Jesus, he has for us. And this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. Since we are now joined to Christ, we have been given the treasures of redemption by his blood, the total cancellation of our sins, all because of the cascading riches of his grace. I don't even need to go any further. That'll do us. Um, so I want to start with a question. Can anyone think of a benefit that they have because of the family that they're in? So I'll give you a few examples before I get a few answers. Um, for me, like my dad's an accountant, so tax time, easy sorted for me. Just hand it over to him and I get my tax back through him. Um, another one like Waverley's cousin's up in Balaclava, they're building a house and um, yeah, it's handy that they're farmers because half the amount of jobs that you need to do to get the slab ready, they've been able to do because they have access to, to all the farming equipment because of the family they're in. So that's one of the benefits for them. Has anyone got an example that comes to mind for a benefit that they have because of the family that they're a part of? Your dad's a carpenter. So if you ever need a house built, you know where to go. Adjustment. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Unreal. Anyway. Perfect. How good? Co- connections. Any other ones? Free eggs. How good? Oh. 
How good. And with the crazy rental market, while you went for ha- your house to be built, you managed to find a place. Yeah. So how good is that? That's some of the benefits that we receive because of the family that we're a part of. So I wanted to read just quickly from Psalm 103, the first five verses. My soul, bless the Lord, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. My soul, bless the Lord, and do not forget all his benefits. He forgives all your iniquity. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. He satisfies you with good things, and your youth is renewed like the eagle. That's not even the Passion Translation. That's just how good he is. <laughs> Spot on. Spot on. Yeah, so today I wanted to take a look at um, some of the benefits we have because we're a part of God's family. And I believe attached to that is the more that we enjoy um, being a part of his family, the more likely we are as well to invite others into it. So I married a note taker. So I'm going with a three-point sermon today. (laughs) Very good for taking notes. So I've got three um, sort of aspects of being a part of God's family that we're going to take a look at today. So because we're a part of God's family, we have forgiveness. Because we're a part of God's family, we have acceptance. And because we're a part of God's family, we have community. So let's get into it. So number one, because we're a part of God's family, we have forgiveness. Um, being forgiven for me is like one of those things that you can take so easily for granted. So over the past two weeks, I've had a corky in my leg and hardly been able to walk around properly without being hindered. And a corky pretty much is just you get a knock in a spot, it causes it to bleed in the muscle and just makes it difficult to use that muscle. So there was a saying, um, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. And that for me over the past two weeks has just come to life. Like you don't know what you have until you can't use it anymore. So if you're walking around freely on two legs, just take a moment to thank the Lord and be grateful for it because it's not always there. And similarly, I think it's the same way but in reverse for us with guilt, shame and condemnation. Um, You don't know you're carrying it until it's gone. So you can just, you sort of get used to it. You're carrying this extra weight. You don't actually know it's there but then as soon as you you know, all of a sudden you come and you're in worship and then you leave feeling lighter or you have time and we have communion and you're just reminded of the fact that you're actually forgiven and then you leave lighter. Um, I've had a couple of times like when I've been involved with leading someone to the Lord and I ask them, how do you feel after that? And every single time they've mentioned, I actually feel lighter. And so you don't know what you're carrying until it's gone. In Islam, like you'll never, they'll never know if they're forgiven until they get there and then they find out what, like, what's the truth. They have no assurance in it. Um, I was inviting Mormons around to my parents' house for a little while when they were knocking on the door and I was just chatting to them. Um, 
asking about their faith and um, comparing it to the scriptures and just yeah, seeing where we're at. And they could never assure me that they knew where they were going. Like they never had assurance for themselves that they, they knew that they had done enough to be good with God. So how can we, as part of God's family, be sure that we are forgiven? 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says that if we confess our sins, that he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So there's two things in there, that he is faithful, meaning he's reliable, like he's going to do it every time. And not only that, he's actually righteous, like... There's nothing more right for him to do than to forgive us of our sins if we confess them to him because of what he's done for us. And the Psalms declare that he has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. So today I wanted to remind us that as part of his family that we have forgiveness. On to number two. Should add a slideshow. Because we are part of God's family, we have acceptance. Acceptance is a huge one. Um, Timothy Keller has a quote that sums it up really well for me. He says, To be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved is, well, a lot like being loved by God. So I think being loved and accepted is actually one of our greatest needs as humans. And for me, that's been a constant battle of wanting to act a certain way in front of certain people so that they think a certain way about me. Um, And I think to some extent, that's what we can all fall into at times if being accepted by God isn't at the forefront in our lives. We can be looking for acceptance in multiple places, like it can be from our boss, Scotty's pretty hard, <laughs> sports coaches or teammates, our peers, our spouse, our family, and like multiple areas where we're just looking for acceptance. And it's not actually a bad thing all the time to be wanting to impress or wanting to do well because that means you're doing a good job or you're giving your best. But if that is where we get our acceptance from, it leaves us just super vulnerable to being rejected as well and to feeling like we're not valued because if we're relying on people to provide us with our acceptance, um, people aren't necessarily reliable but God is. It leaves us in the place of if I do well, then I'll be doing well and if I'm not doing well, then I won't be feeling well. But if we anchor our sense of acceptance from our Father in heaven who decided that before he even created the universe, before, like as we read in that Ephesians passage, before he laid the foundation of the world, he actually decided, I'm going to create you and I'm not just going to create you, I'm going to create you to love you and to bring you to my family and actually to make it possible for you to be in my family in a constant space where there's no hindrance and I can always accept you. With God, it's not, I accept you, will you accept me? It's not, I'll accept you if you do this, 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 this. It's simply, I accept you. And so for us, if we get that to impact our hearts, it'll be 
the same with the people that we're dealing with. We're not going to be treating them a certain way because they're treating us a certain way. It will just be, I accept you because I have been accepted. I'll read again from that Ephesians passage, just verses 5 and 6. For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children through our union with Jesus, the Anointed One, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace. For the same love he has for his beloved one, Jesus, he has for us. And this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. So because we're a part of God's family, we have acceptance. To point number three. Because we're a part of God's family, we have community. I think for a while, community sort of, in my eyes, had been seen as maybe something that's potentially not, um, not essential, like it's a non-essential thing. You know, there's so many things you can do on your own to keep yourself entertained, Netflix, Disney+, Plus, KO, you know, all those things. And trust me, I consume plenty of them. But I found, and I think during the COVID pandemic and the lockdowns, was one of the blessings that came out of it was we discovered some of our actual deepest desires and our needs as human beings. So I remember when I started working, or before I started working, I actually used to think it would be amazing to get paid to do nothing. To get paid to do nothing all day, that would be unreal. Sounds like the dream. But all it took was one single day working at Hungry Jack's, one very, very, very quiet day working at Hungry Jack's to realise that getting paid to do nothing is nowhere near as good as it seems. (laughs) It's, it sucks. You don't want quiet days. So every now and then they're good, but if that was a consistent, you just it's not good enough. And so similarly for me, in lockdown or um, when I got COVID and had to isolate, I realised like exactly <laughs> <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth. It sucks. Like you, I was, I became so aware of how important community was as a part of my life and how we are created as humans to be in community. I have no idea how. I was looking it up. In the UK, they had a lockdown that lasted over six months. I was in there for, what, seven days and that was bad enough. When God created Adam, he said, it's not good for you to be alone. And it wasn't just about a relationship, it was about community. In Hebrews, we're actually, we're not just encouraged, we're commanded to not neglect gathering together and to encourage one another daily so that we're not hardened by the world around us in sin. So community is one of the blessings that we have as being a part of God's family. But what is the difference for those who aren't a part of God's family, between a church community and, I don't know, another community, so like a sports club, an RSL, or wherever else people gather, the pub, what's, what's the difference? Because it's not that we're trying to sell church to people. 
but there is a genuine difference and there is a benefit. And I was chatting to Waves trying to come up with like, what is the answer? And it was pretty clear, like God is the only difference. Like you can go to a sports club and you get to hang out with people, there's food there. You can do almost all the same things. Maybe the people aren't quite as friendly all the time and that kind of thing. But God is the game changer in that. The scriptures say that eternity is on the heart of man. And they also say that eternal life is knowing God, the one true God and Jesus whom he sent. So from those two scriptures, we can be confident that every single person actually has a desire in them that they want to know God. Now, we can probably be sure as well that that's not the language they're using. They're not sitting at home unsatisfied. I think I, think I just need to know God. That's, that's all it is. I've worked it out. But we can be confident that that is where they're at. And that's where we're at as well at times when we're not actually enjoying our relationship with God. There's a dissatisfaction. And so one of the amazing things about being a part of a church community is we've actually created a chunk of time, a space each week, generally on Sundays, where we get to spend time together to get to know God better, to meet that satisfaction, to yeah, encourage spirit on that's, and meet that need that we all have as humans. So because we are a part of God's family, we have community. There's a song from the band called, it's a band called The Children of Inheritance. And that song, like the song's called Bread of Life. And there's a verse in there, it's kind of like a spoken word. And it goes, I'm not going to sing it, thankfully. <laughs> but it goes, from the cup, ever growing, filling and overflowing. It's never just for me. You see, he takes us from our pain calls us blameless, sets us free, makes us new creations never before been seen. He gives us mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers and he gently whispers to us, go get the others. For me, that captures a lot of what I wanted to share today. That we've been forgiven, completely free from our sins, that we've been accepted wholeheartedly from our loving Heavenly Father into his family. And that we've been brought into community, a family of believers, to support, guide and love and encourage each other into the fullness of everything that God has for us. So in that verse I read, it finishes with, he gently whispers to us, go get the others. So I want us to think and pray, maybe as we're heading back into worship or yeah, throughout the week, think and pray what that might look like for you. Because evangelism is super uncomfortable and it brings, brings to mind lots of different things. But when you think of inviting someone into a family, I think it's a lot easier to get your, get your head around. So yeah, I wanted to invite Dave's already up here, the worship team. Um, feel free to come on back up. And yeah, let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you so much 
for giving up everything you had, for laying it all aside, teaching us the best way to live, supporting us, rescuing us, and then not just rescuing us, not just taking us from being a slave to a son, but you took us from being a slave to a son who is a co-heir with you. Jesus, you took everything that we deserved and you gave us everything you deserve in return. So we just thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.